0: This, this is. Make it point. Make it kind. M. I. P. With Massimilia Matfumo. Mark Thompson.
1: Make it kind.
0: Get woke. The legends are true. <laughs> Overwhelming power.
1: Sauce of destiny.
2: Yes. uh, new president, well, not so new. She's been there a few months, but new to us and not new to the struggle. President and director counsel of the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, that would be our dear sister, Janae Nelson. But in talking to Janae, ran across a really interesting story on the uh, on the blog uh, at NAACPLBF.org and wanted to talk to the author and because it really is a great piece. First of all, let me let you know she's a senior staff writer at the Legal Defense Fund. When I tell you the title of this piece, you'll know why we wanted to talk, why this audience would want to hear from her. How woke, how the word woke went from black uh, to bad. And we have senior staff writer Ashina Robinson here with us. Dear sister, welcome to Make It Play.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
2: All right. It's a pleasure to have you. So when, um, when this show, Make It Plain, was on Sirius XM radio, we were on in the evenings. Um, and then we moved to a morning show in 2017. So it's been over five years now in, 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 in February 2017. And so we coined, I mean, Woke was out there. But we actually, for th- this show, and we kind of kept it, coined the hashtag get woke. Now, when we said it, everybody was fun, everybody liked it, it was a good thing. But since that time, as you know, and that's what your article is about, that the, the term woke has become pejorative and and negative, uh, kind of like, unfortunately, the word uh, uh, hotep was simply used to mean peace. Now, that's become a bad word. But but, but woke. Talk to us about that. and and how that happened. The other thing, too, that that is fascinating, you know all about woke. Uh, Folks, she's got a timeline of the use of the terminology historically and what it has meant. Why don't we start there? Uh, uh, How did that word come to be and how far back do we go with the word woke?
0: Certainly. And so, as I'm sure you know, right, Black people are just kind of like a font of creativity, especially when it comes to like language and slang. So we can't necessarily say we found the ultimate, ultimate original first use of woke in the way it's used today. But what we can say for sure is that it's been used in the Black community, in the Black American community for several decades going back, as far back as as at least the 1920s, right? And so Marcus Garvey, who, you know, if you're familiar with kind of Pan-Africanism and just the struggle for civil rights, um, when he was starting his agitation, you know, for Black people around the world, for members of the Black diaspora to kind of understand themselves as Black people and kind of reclaim their full humanity and, and, and all that type of stuff, their full power, his kind of, his word that he used to push them, and there's a book that was published in the 1920s that kind of like captures a lot of what he said, his, he, he called for the global Black diaspora to wake up Wake up. Right. And continuing from then over the decades, this word in the concept, in, 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 the, in the sense of understanding where you come from as black people, taking back your power as black people, it showed up continually through the decades. Right. So in the 90, late 1930s, as um, one of the, the, the experts that I interviewed for my piece, Michael Harriot, um, let me know there was a blues mus- musician, a black American blues musician. He was, his name was Huddy uh, Ledbetter, but he was known as Leadbelly he wrote a song about a group of black boys who were falsely accused of raping a white woman in Alabama, in Scottsboro, Alabama. The song is called Scottsboro Boys. And it's all about the the story, right? The story of these boys and how they basically got caught caught up in this false accusation because they were in the South in this time. Um, And at the end of the song, he gives like a spoken word. And he was like, I I wrote this song so people can know, like, stay woke, stay woke down there when you go down to Alabama, right? right? And one of the most brilliant pieces, uh, not the most brilliant pieces, but one of the most poignant um, findings in writing this piece um, was this article by this Black American writer, William Melvin Kelly, um, from 1962. It's an essay that came in the New York Times, and the title was, If You're Woke, You Dig It. And this was 1962. And the piece, again, confronts this exact same phenomenon that we are seeing and that I was, was trying to unpack today in 2022. He's writing about this, this, this pattern of Black people coming up with language, coming up with slang, coming up with cool, you know, just how Black people are and how white people eventually catch, catch wind of it, appropriate it, start using it. And invariably when they start using it, they start dulling or, or, or misconstruing or flattening the full meaning of it. And by the time they start using it, black people kind of lose, you know, lose their luster for this word. And so the word takes on kind of this new life that is so far removed from the people it, um, it, it, it it was originated from. But what I think is really interesting is how, how those words are only, not only taken away, but how they start being used against black people, against the very people who originated them.
2: So, and, and thank you for that, that history, um, it it's it's interesting, and this is not to me the most uh, revolutionary word in our vocabulary. It's, it's one of the words. Um, w- why do you think that, especially in this day and age, this one particular word has become such a threat to our enemies?
0: <laughs> so what I pinpointed in, you know, my my research for this piece and talking to those who I spoke to including um, this one writer from OK Player, his name is Elijah Watson. And in 2007, I believe it was, or 2017, so about five years ago, he also wrote a piece about woke, right? Because woke had also already started coming into the mainstream, beyond the Black community, in about the mid-2010s. Like, that's when it really started spreading outside of the Black community. Um, But in my piece, right, his piece was capturing that spread but now, again, as you said, the word woke has firmly and fully not only just spread, but it's become so ubiquitous and as a bad thing, right? As a as a derogative thing. And to me, what our finding, what the timeline shows me that is that 2019, 1619 project, right? A project grounded on understanding the full, the full scope of black people's involvement in this country from its founding and how the treatment and the oppression of black people plays out in America today. Then 2020, where we had this nationwide and even global racial reckoning where people were taking to the streets in response to the horrific murders, continuing murders of Black people that has happened, you know, for years and years and years. But there was this kind of like tinderbox moment in 2020. There were massive protests. And again, part of the conversation there, which again was a breakthrough moment, was an understanding that this isn't just about this individual issue of police shooting Black people. This is about a larger structure of injustice and we have to be aware of it to understand how to dismantle it. And something that was notable during that time, again, that was unique, is that for the first time in a while, a a mass, a majority of non-Black people were in agreement that, hey, Black Lives Matter, first of all. That had never happened before, and two that they were seeking out, like proactively seeking out knowledge to better understand how this the system of injustice, the structural racism that we talk about works. And that activity is the very like that's the very definition of woke, right? It's finding out the truth. It's going beneath. It's like woke, you know, becoming awake to all the fullness of how everything works. And so, to me. And and it, you can see when you look at kind of the path of how these laws passed, you know, it started with, you know, then President Trump passing an executive order that specifically targeted the 1619 Project, specifically targeted conversations in institutions that talked about racism, discrimination, you know, those conversations that are, you know, meant to kind of help dismantle it, try to lessen the effects of discrimination and inequality. They, he passed and he, he implemented an executive order um, that the Legal Defense Fund, you know, filed lawsuits against um, to ban those conversations. And after Biden came into office, one of his first acts was to rescind that EO. But by that time, across the country, Republican legislatures were following suit. They were passing these laws that were basically mimicked after that order, which were banning certain conversations limiting, restricting, censoring specific conversations about race, racism, gender equality, and sexual identity.
1: Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See betmgm.com for terms. Twenty-one plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Washington D.C.
2: And as a matter of fact, LDF is also involved in the in the suit, I believe, against the one at least one of those laws in Florida, right? The Desantis, yeah. the stop gap.
0: And the Florida law is almost one of the most egregious and one of the most transparent, right? And, and this is from um, Gov, Governor Ron DeSantis' kind of like mind where the, their law is called Stop Woke. So it's very explicit in what, this, what, what it aims to do. And the bill itself, its provisions, right? It very, very stringently limits conversations, as I mentioned, about race, about structural racism. And in even the debates around this bill where, you know, people showed up and testified against states, including, you know, Black Floridians, Black youth in in Florida, especially, um, protested and said, no, this is going to harm what we're trying to do. We're trying to make our state less, you know, inequitable. We're trying to make it fairer. We're trying to make it less racist, less harmful to Black people. So we don't want this law. The law was passed. And the law was passed with this kind of conversation around, we got to stop this wokeness. We got to stop this inclusion. We got to stop this conversation around, structural inequities, right? So it's very, very clear that this is a a targeting, targeting certain speech and not only targeting certain speech, because in Florida, where most of our plaintiffs are black, you know, university professors who are the people who are most likely to be teaching courses about African-American history and and things of that nature, their speeches is is more likely to be chilled by this law called Stop woke.
2: How, where are we? Are we making any progress on that suit?
0: That was recently yeah. filed, and I have to say to write, I, I'm, a, I'm a writer, and so I write about right. our suits, but I, I don't file them. But We filed them recently, and we we are also seeking a preliminary injunction to um, halt that while it works through the court.
2: We're LDF the way I know it, and I'm sure the two of us could speculate. I'm, I mean, I'm sure this falls under First Amendment, uh, at the very least. And, you know, we look at all these other things that are taking, they, they don't, you, you're right, 1619 Project. They don't want us to have open and honest conversations. Um, about history, uh, and that is that's devastating. I mean, you, we're not living in a society where people are going to be educated uh, or learn anything if we can't have these kinds of discussions, are we?
0: Exactly, and you're you you're right. It it is devastating, and on, on uh, a number of levels, right? Uh, let's start with you know maybe the, the, the youngest, say because a lot of these these laws target conversations in K through twelve classrooms imagine, and I'm, you know, it's not hard to imagine, and this has been the case for far too long, Black children, you know, brown children, you know, you know, non-LGBTQI children, you know, um, Indigenous children. This is the type of law that's basically going further to erase them from the classroom, erase their lived experiences, erase their voices, erase their stories, their, their community's stories, the American stories. So it harms them. Um, It harms other students, it harms white students, quite frankly, because one, they're not getting a full, honest, accurate education about the country that they live in, the world that they live in. And also research shows that when all students have this education that provides them kind of an inclusive understanding of, you know, the the, the diverse world, again, that we live in, like that's the world that we live in, it has benefits for all students. And then finally, like the loss of this kind of critical, like truth, from our our conversations in the classrooms and from our public schools, the impact that will have on our democracy is quite frankly devastating, right? Because you need a citizens' that has a shared understanding of where we're coming from, of how things work, a shared understanding of everyone who makes up this country, this nation. To understand how to go ahead and and, and make progress, how to make change, how to create the changes that they want to see. But if you're hobbled by this lack of information, or a lot of times straight up lies, right? They're literally trying to rewrite history, rewrite these factual stories. Then that lack of information is going to make it virtually impossible for us to change those structures, for us to change those things that are like embedded in our systems. Because the tale that's being told now, is that they don't exist, that they never happen. And so what is there to fix? And we know that there's always, there's always improvement to be made, right? That we're saying that we want to be a more perfect union. That means that we are working towards becoming better, right? That is what we should be wanting to do as a people and as a nation.
2: You know, but it also pulls a cover off the real agenda. Otherwise, the, the legislation would have been, stop CRT. CRT was never being taught at this level. This is a graduate, It's a law school. Yes. A, a curriculum that's not it was never so that you know we're going to stop you had somebody win the governorship in Virginia just off of that alone yes so but if if it, if it was CRT was why when you have a bill that says stop CRT no they use CRT to stop even whatever semblance of status quo exactly and and you and we know folks uh, I I know you know this too as well um a lot of the the true history of people of color Diverse history. A lot of times, if if the school system is not promoting it or saying it explicitly, it's individual teachers who are doing it. And so this is how everyone gets targeted, whether it's it's in the school system curricula or whether it's individual teacher sharing more knowledge and information with these young people. This is a way to target everyone. It's not CRT. We don't want you to talk about even the basic fundamental things. Uh, when it comes to history, when it comes, to, even in Texas, Hillary Clinton ain't black, but they, I think they took out all the textbooks that had Hillary Clinton in the textbooks. So, you know, if they've taken her out, they're going to take out everything that we have just, just right now. They would not, they would have a law in a, in a state like Florida where we can talk about this. What we're talking about right now, the history of the word woke, uh, the history of, of Marcus Garvey as an ancestor. These these are the type of things they don't want our young people to hear and to know about.
0: Exactly. And you touch on something really, really important that it's this language game they're using, they're playing with language. And a lot of it, again, is about, it's like political gamemanship, right? It's about political fear mongering, like what works to kind of get people fearful and, and respond from that way. And so it's a lot of clouding what they're actually talking about. You know, um, Michael Harriot, again, who I interviewed for this piece, he said something really, really, I think, very, very um, um, telling in, in my interviews with him. He said, it's, it's, it's not as easy to say straight out as you're, as you're alluding to as well, like ban Black people, like ban conversations, of stop Black people, right? That's a little bit harder to get away with. But when you can cover that with a label that you have built up to mean, whatever you want it to mean, you, use, you pull CRT out of these legal textbooks from grad school and then you throw it in the, in the national mainstream conversation and you make everybody feel like this is this terrifying thing that is just soaking into like kindergartens, which is absurd, right? But when you build this like fear-mongering around these words and these labels and then you put what you want to underneath that, then you're able to get away with murder, you know? And, and, and as you said, it's targeting, it's very individualized targeting with these broad restrictions and one thing that makes it so, so cruel is how harsh the punishments are. For example, Florida's Stop Woke Law, if, you know, teachers are found to run, you know, run afoul of this law, they can be fired. They can lose their tenure. And you know how critical that is, you know, for tertiary level, like professors, you know, the schools, the schools will lose state funding. So they are using taxpayer money hostage to, 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 to control the speech, right? So, um, yeah, it's, it's actually pretty, 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 um, terrible what, what's happening right now.
2: Carbell. Folks, we invite you uh, to read and we'll link to it as well. How Woke Went From Black to Bad, Sheena Robinson's piece uh, at the Legal Defense Fund website, NAACPLDF.org. Uh, What's your next piece? You got anything else coming up that's going to be juicy and good?
0: <laughs> yes. So, you know, as, as you said, like, the next couple of months are, are going to be a lot for a lot of the things that we work on. And we also know the midterms are coming up. And so voting, right, is ever present in our minds as, as people at the LDF and, and for Black people in America. And the midterms already are, are just going to show a lot of what came up in the last couple of years in terms of like redistricting and, and gerrymandering and, and kind of this, this conversations about, you know, who has the right to vote and whose ra- votes are valid. And, and so we're going to be talking about a lot of that in um, some upcoming pieces for our original content platform.
2: Folks, we invite you to always check out NAACPLDF.org, support the LDF, be informed about what's going on in our struggle. This, the LDF Thurgood Marshalls organization, it's uh, the premier uh, legal organization in in the legacy organization in the civil rights struggle. You all already know me, too, because I'm just meeting our sister before we started this interview. You know, I talked to her and uh, you all hear the sound of her voice. So, you know, we talked about. And then she's talking about our ancestor Garvey as well. So we, uh, we appreciate that. And uh, God bless you, Sister Sheena Robinson. Thank you for joining us here on Make It Plain.
0: Thank you so much for having me. Have a good one. You too.
2: Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister or brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all